So welcome to the Reliable HVACR uh, live stream and podcast. Uh, you can watch this later on YouTube if you can't watch it live or wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts, all platforms. So today, um, I need to do a better job of like introducing people. So today we have a, we have Jimmy, uh, who is also an HVAC instructor, does a lot of good for everybody. Um, you know, he, he teaches in the classroom. Uh, I've seen a lot of the hands-on stuff that he does. I think it's really cool. And he helps on social media. So he's part of that whole HVAC army on TikTok. Um, they do a lot of good for up and coming techs, you know, giveaways, tech support, all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure he has a whole lot of other stuff uh, going on. I think he's with HVA chicks now too, helping them out. So let me go ahead and bring on uh, Jimmy. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. I don't know why it lost the the phone lost connection, so I had to reboot the uh, the thing. All right, man. Um, yeah, how's it going with you? How's the weather where you're at? You know. So, uh, well, for things for me, the weather's going great. Uh, the company I work for is going crazy because I've been out of work since uh, June 21st when I snapped the tendon in my left bicep. On my left arm, so I uh, won't be working until probably November. Ouch. Yeah, I go for surgery Friday, actually. So 30 oh, okay. days so... From time... Yeah, so 30 days from the time I injured myself to the time I get my arm fixed. I see. And I kind of wanted to ask you about that before we started the show. Um, you, So how's it doing? Is it? Are you in pain with that, or how does that work? During the day, it's not a problem. It's mostly at night when I try to sleep. You can't get comfortable because your arm's in a position where it's just the muscle's not there and it doesn't feel right, and I toss and turn every night. I got you, man. That sucks. Um, you know, on the on the subject of that, like I'm dealing with a with a minor injury, right? I, I'm a, I'm an advocate for like safety. Uh, you know, getting help when you need it. Uh, if you're on the roof, you know, doing a a major project, you know, we do a lot of compressor changeouts. Those things can get heavy. Uh, coil changeouts, you know, make sure you have guys, make sure you have the proper uh, equipment and stuff. Cause you know, we've been, we've all been there trying to lift way too much weight on our own. Uh, you know, God forbid you fall off a ladder or anything like that. That's happened too. But uh, yeah, uh, like this, <laughs> yeah, it happens, man. Uh, and I'm dealing with a stupid injury. I like pulled my back a little bit. So I've been kind of like, it's been tweaked all week or last week, but it was because, you know, I was, I was kind of getting frustrated because I work with my brother and my dad and my uncle. So like, sometimes you get a little frustrated and stuff. And, uh, we were trying to haul up a compressor. It wasn't a heavy one. And, and I went and tried to show him, you know, how I told him, I was like, it's not that heavy. Let me show you. And I pulled it up a few times started like flinging it around. And then like later that day, I'm like, Oh man, I like, I must've pull pulled something and my back hurts now. Yeah. It doesn't take, it doesn't take much. I mean, literally I was setting a ladder up, which we've all done thousands of times throughout the years. Um, and I was kicking the feet out to dig it in the dirt. When the, the wind came, it just blew the ladder over to the left. And when it did that, I, when I was lifting up to turn the feet, my hand yeah. went in between the rungs. 
So my hand was trapped between the rungs. So yeah. it literally, literally just pulled to the left and twisted. When it did that, I felt the snap my elbow and felt to go i felt the muscle go up and then when it landed i was i was down leaning, leaning with it and i was able to get my arm out of it as it went down after it pulled Man. and snapped it i mean Man, it, it, not... it's not fun but you know i've done worse damages to myself in this <laughs> industry than uh than that yeah at least you're, you're in pretty good spirits and and you know you're not like i know you can't sleep well but at least it's the pain is not all, uh, there all day but uh yeah the the trade yeah. you know the hvac the hvac trade you know you deal with high voltage you deal with high rooftops you deal with a lot of like uh dangerous things you, know, you have to be cautious on how you work uh i, I oh, try yeah. to get like all the equipment that i need i got a i recently got like one of these little la uh it's called a lock jaw ladder grip so i'm able to, to lock mm -hmm. my ladder to the roofs and stuff Cause like here it gets really windy too. We're by the coast and everything, so like that wind will come in real, real strong, you know. Before you get a chance to, you know, set your ladder in the way you want it. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I I've got the comments up, and there's someone who says four to one. I'm gonna hit my vape at some point in the show. <laughs> while Jay, Jason says four to one hits the vape through his alligator Crocs. Well, I don't wear Crocs. I'll never wear Crocs, so don't have to worry about that. And I will not be hitting my vape during the show because I know how loud it is for y'all. So I have <laughs> it off to the side. So after the show, I can hit it. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, the the questions in the chat, you know, they get pretty wild in here. Um, it's the usual people. So we got Jennifer, guys, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I see them. Uh, one of the guys in here, Michael Paselli. He is actually mm -hmm. one of my students who's coming up to this semester. He was in second year of my program, and uh, he's actually coming up into my class this semester. We're going to have uh, 30 guys in my third year class this semester. Oh, nice. Um, a lot of what I saw, like from what you post, is, is kind of similar to the stuff that I went through with my school. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that open area with all the stuff that you can work on, you know, the brazing um the equipment i got a, i got to work on a lot of walk-in boxes split systems and then like any equipment that that they had you know vacuums recoveries all that good stuff um, and it was awesome for me i had a good experience with, with school and it looks like you know you, you all do something similar there what's a lot of hands-on so i taught let me let me give you a history on how i taught so i went through the same program i'm teaching i finished up in 2002 my third year teacher warren roper who still teaches to this day down in raleigh durham tech um he got me involved in teaching so i came back and taught his second year for him uh okay. when we were there i was building up the building up the lab we had uh air handlers outdoor units i had a train heat pump with the sides disabled pulled off of it the only thing left was the four corner post and i'd freeze that thing up over the weekend for the guys to show them that a heat pump can still produce heat if it's frozen up uh we had a mm -hmm. walk-in cooler um i taught for five years i left because of just stress on the relationship between teaching and coaching soccer and working i was spread so thin i had one day for my wife and the and, and her kids so i just basically gave up teaching at that point there because uh, i enjoyed soccer more even though pe teaching gave me money i've really enjoyed soccer because he was my stepson was playing soccer with me uh, mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I got called back up and said, hey, we need you to come back and teach. 
and I've been teaching uh, this fall will be my 10th year back teaching. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I've got a good group of people that teach with me. I've got a good boss who lets me run wild and do what I need to do. The day school teacher, we use the same shop as the high school students. So we share a locality. Um, but we've got a 20 seer XI train in there that we, that my class put ductwork on. We've got a 14 seer carrier heat pump. I've got a ream we're going to hopefully try to install this year. I've got a carrier boiler that's converted to propane. We're going to try to install this year. I've got two carrier gas ACs. I've got one York dual fuel 90 plus. I've got a Hallmark belt driven oil boiler, a forget what brand it is, low boy oil boiler. I've got a electrical trainer from iManifold, a heat pump trainer from iManifold. I've got a gas trainer from iManifold. We've got two Lennox AC air handlers and outdoor units. Uh, we've got a ton of stuff. I've got gas furnaces that the guys have to pull the heat exchangers out and strip them down to bare anything and act like they're putting them back in. Uh, we'd make them pull the blower motors as well. We have them pull vacuums, pull, do charging, superheat subcool. Turn my phone Man, that... sideways. <laughs> uh, that sounds really interesting. <clears throat> I don't think we got that far, you know, uh, having to take out heat exchangers, you know, kind of getting into to detail like that. But we did a lot of hands-on, you know, the the basics, you know, pumping down the system, uh, vacuuming, uh, isolating, you know, the compressor, isolating different things, king valves. Uh, you know, we did a lot of cool stuff. Charging, I used, I used the old, the old school cylinder to charge. Uh, mm -hmm. I forgot what it's called. You know, the charger, charger arrestor. Yeah, we use the old. They had us do it. That's what I kind of appreciated. They had us do a lot of old school type of stuff, even though like there were scales and other things at that time. Because I went to school, it's it's probably been like ten years. 10 to 12 years and uh they had us do that and then when we did our our like duct class they had us make our duct manually you know with all the hand tools you know i had to mm -hmm. make 90s i had to make all these offsets and stuff like that and they told us you know you could get this fabricated at the shop you could do it another way but we want you to learn how to do it you know the old school way the by hand and uh the hard way you know and afterwards i appreciated it and, uh, you know, learning hands-on, I think, is the best way. Um, so, like I said, I had a good experience with school. Some people don't like it. They think it's all uh, textbook stuff. But uh, if you can mix in uh, both and do a lot of the hands-on stuff, that's where you learn a lot. And have a good teacher. Yeah, we have – I have – yeah, I have a duck – I have a uh, Pittsburgh machine. I have a break there. We do do – I do duck design classes to show them how uh, – the layman's terms of here's a duck class 101 – in three hours, I'm going to teach you the understanding of ductwork, how to size it, how to look at it. So when you go to a house, if you see um, a size 10-inch duct on a three-ton system, you should know immediately that's undersized, how much that duct actually can push through. Uh, I show them how to take a flat piece of metal and make a box just to give them an idea. I, I try to give them every aspect of the trade that we can give them. We have new tools we have them play with. Uh, we teach them how to use a back rat old school and new school for doing combustion and analyzing on old furnaces. So we try to teach everything we possibly can. And we only have 15 weeks per semester. So we do oh, okay. as much as we can in a little bit of time. We have them. 
Yeah, and that's important because, you know, stuff like that, like, I don't know, a lot of guys nowadays, you know, or in general, you know, they just want to hook up gauges and, and check check it as quickly as possible. But if you can teach these people or whoever's going to, to school to look out for certain things, look for the, the little details, get used to, you know, like you said, if it's undersized, the duck's wrong, you know, a lot of little things, like a lot of the calls that I get, it's not going to be that it's low on charge. It's not going to be that, you know, the TXV is bad or whatever it is. It's usually there's something wrong with, with the airflow. There's something wrong with something super simple. And if you would just take the time to look and kind of observe the whole thing and then look for these, these common things that we, that we know with experience, uh, you'll figure out a lot of the stuff. And, like my teachers taught me the same way. They they always told me, uh, you know, ninety percent of the calls are going to be electrical. Check your power. Check uh, voltage here and there. The last thing you want to do is hook up your gauges. So, uh, you know, people are quick to just throw on the gauges, check the charge, and and be done with it. Add a pound or something, you know. When the problem is actually, you know, something totally different. Oh yeah, it's and and that's the thing. Like a lot of the guys nowadays that are scared of the, I wouldn't say scared, they're intimidated by the electronic TXVs because it's a stepper motor. And you're like, well, how do I diagnose it? Well, it's real simple. I know a train, they have a setup there where you can open, forcefully open and close and watch your pressures. And if your pressures don't close, you know, you have a bad stepper motor on your TXV. And you can literally, you know, get a stepper, stepper motor, put it on there, see if it opens and closes it. If it doesn't, then you replace the TXV. It's, it's not hard to diagnose the TXV still if you know what you're looking at. Um, but with all these new inverter boards out there, you have to basically be almost a computer engineer to work on these things. Um, and I know with train, if you have to condemn a inverter board and it's in a warranty, you have to talk to factory tech support, um, EEV, haha, Jen. Um, so, <laughs> but I, you know, it's like, I will say this, York's inverter systems, are the worst because yeah, it gives you that nice little box right there that has little two gauges and a happy face that says, Hey, everything is good and happy, <laughs> but their high pressure switches are the worst. They go constantly. I've had to replace five high pressure switches on, on those systems within less than a year. And you have to disassemble half that unit to get to it because it's brazed in on the very bottom of the unit in the far back and the unit's five foot tall and you know i'm not a small guy i'm not leaning over that unit no more i gotta take half of it apart to get to it <laughs> so it's just one of those things where if you don't if you don't know the voltage going through you have to call tech support and everyone knows we all hate talking to tech support um to get the, hey. the, the proper numbers that they want for the stuff <clears throat> yeah man i hate tech support too i'm not gonna lie um i've had to deal with you know callbacks that come back the hours later the next day and i'm like oh, i already figured it out by then you know yeah but uh it's it's the same it's the same across uh the board if if uh whether you go to school or not it's it's very important to get your basics down basic refrigeration cycle and then it's just as far as like controls or safeties that are put in between those and you're golden like i i I live in an area that has a lot of old school equipment, a lot of old equipment. So everything's mechanical around here. I barely started seeing the 
EEVs. Uh, we have uh, now the Intelligen heat craft in our walk-in boxes. Uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot of new stuff yet on the AC side, you know, the, the rooftop units, but I know mm -hmm. it's coming. I've seen, a, I've seen a couple here and there. Uh, I'm barely starting to see R290, stuff like that, but it can be intimidating. But if you just think about it, they all have a compressor. They all have, um, they all got to reject heat. They all got to do the same thing. It's just, some might have different safeties. Some might have different kinds of boards, uh, controllers and stuff like that. The other day I just worked on a, um, what do you call it? A variable speed compressor. I've never seen one mm -hmm. before. And I couldn't tell <laughs> what was wrong with it. Cause it tells me on the, on the display, cause it's a train, uh, okay. that there's a drive that there's a drive fault, right? It's, it's telling me that there's something wrong with the drive. I, I went the old school route, you know, started eliminating things. I eliminated the, the, the drive from the circuit. My compressor started popping my breakers and I'm like, okay, I eliminated everything else and the compressor can't run. It would like vibrate roll aggressively and then shut off. So it wasn't shorted to ground or anything like that, but it, it just, it was locking up. We put in a new one, the, uh, variable speed the the drive was fine it worked fine it ran and we got it up and going but just you got to look at it like like at at its core the basics because at that point i could have just opened that thing and been like whoa what the hell like what's all these electrical uh computer type stuff i've never seen it before and i could have gotten scared and been like no i'm not gonna do it but it's it's all the same stuff that's what i always tell people yeah, well, right now, Ryan owes me 100 bucks. I got pants on, too. Um, yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> the, the inverter board stuff, it's there. It's uh, it's there. So it, it's it's fun stuff like Carrier. I will say this. Carrier package units have that nice uh, blower wheel now. I wouldn't say a motor, but a blower wheel, fan blades, basically. And uh, with them there, you have to take a static pressure reading, take a DC volt reading, Go to the circuit board and set the DC, the switch to whatever your CFMs you need it to be at. You set the switch for your DC volt reading, and then you turn the dial to your CFM, your uh, static pressure to set your CFMs. If you don't do that, the unit's not going to run right. And you'll burn that motor up. Oh yeah, we have we, and just like that too. The first time I saw like a, a DC controlled motor or a DC motor on a train, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Just took the time to read the manual. And, and you'll kind of figure it out or look up some look up uh, literature and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, that's as, as long as, at least for me, it wasn't stuff that I saw in school, but like the thing that I got from school was to read up on, on the equipment, right. Look at those manuals, yeah. look up literature. It's, I mean, it wasn't as available as it is now, you know, when I was, when I was going through that, but there's no excuse. Now you have the internet, you have Google, you have a, People like Blue On and a lot of these manufacturers have their literature online where you can download them basically to your phone, have it in your pocket and just read through the manual. That has saved me so much. And I always try to call tech support or I always try to call somebody, you know, like going, going through this. I've I've worked alone a lot. I've learned a lot on my own. I made a lot of mistakes on my own and stuff like that. I didn't really have too many people or I didn't have a, like a journeyman or, or a senior tech because I was trying to run this business with my dad and he doesn't do HVAC. He does hot side work. So I never had too much help, but if I just sat down and looked up this, this stuff and read after, after work, you know, 
it all comes, it all makes sense if you just, you know, take the time to read. Um, but you know, going back to the, the school stuff, uh, I'm glad that you're teaching them all the, the little things, you know, the, the tech tips or what to look for and this and that, because some schools don't do that. Uh, some schools just give you a textbook and it's like, Hey, you know, you pass or you fail. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's really hard to fail our program or our classes, I should say, but I mean, if you don't show up, you know, you get kicked out. But I mean, I look at it this way. You're in third year now. I give homework questions. I give I mean, like if you say, let's say the heat pump chapter in my book has mm-hmm. 61 questions for homework, uh, textbook questions in the back of it. I'll go through there and go, okay, I want you to do these numbered questions here. And it might be 12 out of the 61. And then uh, for quizzes, it's a 10 question quiz. I give you a hundred question final exam and we review the exam before we take the, uh, the, the day before they take the exam. So if we'll do a review on Thursday, they'll take the exam on Tuesday. And I read the exam verbatim to them. So it's not like, hey, you're not going to pass this. No, you're going to pass. I'm going to give you every opportunity. But it's also, I have 15 questions of worded answers they have to remember. And they're like, this is not fair. I said, look, it's called retention. Yeah. The key to our industry is retention of knowledge. You have to remember these things back there in the field because you're not always going to have, you know, an ability to call somebody. I mean, you might be in an area where you have no cell phone service and you need to try to figure out how to do something and you can't call nobody. You can't look nothing up. You got to have to have those retention questions. So it's, it's one of those fun things I try to make them do and learn. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a joy seeing guys come in there who have been in the trade and they go, Oh, this is how you do things. And they, I've been doing this for years. I know how to do this. And I'm like, okay. So I had, and I'm gonna tell this story and I know everybody, including yourself is going to laugh when I tell you this story <laughs> about this student. He had taken right. the program at another school <clears throat> and we were talking about gas. He was like, I already know how to work on gas. I said, okay, well, how do you check a flame sensor? I kid you not. He said, you check it with continuity. I said, excuse me? Because you put your meter to continuity and you put it on one side of the flame sensor and the other side. If you have continuity through it, it's good. Yeah. (laughs) And Um, I was like, no, that's not. So we we got into a discussion about this. And I tried to tell him, he's like, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. I was like, that's how you do it. No, it's not. I said, who told you that? Someone, uh, your old teacher, he's like, no. I said, well, whoever told you that is a dumbass. And I said, go to this page in the book right here. We flipped open to it. Everyone went to it. So see right there. Read that section right there. Um, yeah, needless to say, he kind of shut his head down and walked. And uh, at the end of the night, he walked out with his head hanging real low. And he didn't challenge, he didn't challenge again at the end of the semester. So he's like, I learned a lot by not listening by listening to you and not listening to what people were telling me at work on how to do things. You oh, yeah. corrected a lot of the things that they were telling me wrong. That's the only issue with with some people, and that's that's why, um, like when I work with people or when I used to, you know, when I was trying to learn on the job and, and stuff like that, I kind of had to take what they were saying with a grain of salt, just because I don't know if they're doing things, you know, an old school way. 
if they have bad habits, you know, things like that. So it's always, it's always good to learn from people, but you, you should always kind of like double check their work, so to speak, you know, look it up online, look it up from an actual, like, like some actual literature or an institution or whatever it is and uh, fact check them because they could have been doing it wrong their whole career and they're trying to pass on those bad habits and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And, and now, um, I will say this, there are, some people say there's a right way and a wrong way to check a capacitor. Some people oh. say you're supposed to check the capacitor <laughs> under load, and some people say, you know, you're supposed to pull the wires and check it out without no power to it. Yeah. I have learned both ways, okay? I learned the load way, and I learned the unload way. And if you, I've learned that when you do it under load, if it needs mm-hmm. to be 35, and you're reading 35.2. Or let's say 30, 34.8, okay, mm-hmm. under load. And I pull it out and I take a reading and I get 34.6. You know, I, I'm not really far off. I'm 0.2 off of the load versus unloaded. And, and honestly, to me, checking it unloaded is a safer option to teach the students in class oh, so yeah. they don't get shocked. Yeah. If they want to learn the loaded way, they can learn it at on their own leisure. I prefer the unloaded way for safety reasons. And I've done it for 25 years and never had a problem with it. And yeah, the, guy, same and the guys I teach love it. Same here. Um, I learned about the loaded way not, not even too long ago. And I'm like, well, that's a cool way to check it or double check it, I guess. But I would prefer to do it the unloaded way maybe first. And then if I really don't, or if I really am second guessing it, I'll do it under a load. But yeah, I've done it the unloaded way, you know, my my entire career. I don't do a lot of AC works, you know, I'm more refrigeration. But we do have like um you know, the single phase uh, equipment over there that that take start and run capacitors as well. So I've, you know, I've changed them out plenty of times, you know, taking them out to check them and uh, I will agree with you on on the safety part because I've been shocked way too many times. So if I can <laughs> eliminate that aspect of it, that's even better yeah. for me. Yeah, I was working on a uh, old York unit, and I was checking voltages on it because the customer says it's not heating. It's not heating. So I'm sitting there. I'm sitting in a bucket. It's an old, old school York. I forget the style style name of it. And I'm sitting there. I'm just checking voltages, and I'm checking the voltage on my transformer, checking both sides of it because I had 120 on one side. And I was checking the other side, and as soon as I touched the lead to the uh, – black terminal the transformer the female broke the wire went down hit the cabinet arc blue and next thing and i had my glasses on okay <laughs> because it was a hot it was a white roof and it was sunny a piece of hot copper wire flew up hit my cheek went up and landed right here on my eyelid to where it curved up and the part of the wire was poking my eyeball oh man That's, that's with glasses. So it took me a minute to pull. Once I was able to finally get it to pull that out, I felt it pull my eyelid. I pulled it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. The wire shredded, complete shredded. It just blew apart completely. I have never in my life had something like that happen. But I'm wearing glasses, and it still managed to get up under my up under here into here. Yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard with, with the line of work that we do. Um I try to I try to wear glasses all the time. I keep covered with with sleeves, you know, 
everything I can. And, you know, some, some things just, you know, they're bound to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I had a customer trying to change a capacitor one time. So he could buy it online. Go right ahead. Have a nice day. Calls up the next day. Hey, can y'all come <laughs> change that capacitor out? Oh, I get there. What happened? Well, I went to go grab the capacitor, and, and, it, and it, I got it, it, it threw me all the way across the, fro- the, the ground and stuff. I said, did you turn the power off? He goes, yeah. I said, did you discharge it? What's that? But I'm mm. saying that because of Sam's comment right there about talking about discharging yeah. capacitor. <laughs> I, I always pull the wires off with my clients, and I'll take my clients and scrape it across the top of the capacitor and hit the cabinet with it and go about my business. I'll, yeah, I'll even do it like a few extra times just to be safe because I'm like, man, I've been, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had like some weird shocks like throughout, you know, my HVAC career. Like you think the power is out or you think you, you discharge it, something happens. So you never know. I, I mean, I've probably been hit with the highest voltage around out of all of everyone in this chat right now. And I'm still here to talk about it because <laughs> it was, it was honestly a complete lack of knowledge on my end i was still new in the service and the i was working for a company that did oil and i knew about the little push button reset everything else yada 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 well i get to one and it wouldn't fire up flip the trans the you know flip the transform back start to undo the screws and pull everything out well all of a sudden it did that my arm was on the probes of the transformer my hand was holding the electrodes and the primary re-engaged. So for 30 seconds, I had 10,000 volts going from here to here and sparking out the end of the nozzle assembly. Damn. I did, it, was the new, it was the newer Honeywell that just came out that would automatically retry three times before it kicked out. So I had to sit there and wait for it to finish up, reached over with my, right arm, my left arm, turned the power off, and I sat there for 10 minutes with my hand doing this. I can't, I can't imagine, man. Uh, I've, I've only, yeah. I only work on like 208 three phase systems. So, um, I, I just, I have one customer that has a, uh, a 480 roof and that was the first time I had seen that. So I'm very like, you know, I get, I've gotten shocked by contactors. I had a timer that was shocking the crap out of me because the, some, I don't know, we had a high, a hot leg or, or something. Cause I, I swear we turned all the breakers off all the power off outside the disconnects when I, I went in there like, Oh, it's whatever. I didn't double check. I, now I double check all my voltage. If I turn off power, I'm double checking again for the, for power. Cause uh, that time I just, I took it for granted and I went in there and I shocked the crap out of my hand. Yeah, we have uh we have lockout tag outs on all our trucks because we do commercial work as well. So we'll go down to panels and turn stuff off and I'll lock it out. So it can't be turned back on until we're done working on it just because i've had that, that problem before um yeah it's it's never fun when someone comes behind you and goes oh why is this off and, and your hands are touching something <laughs> yeah man we we do a lot of like small restaurant uh like fast food chains uh they they know better but every now and then there's there is that one guy that tries to flip the breaker back on like without without asking any questions yeah uh, and another thing with being with 480 systems, you got to be careful because the control voltage is not 24, it's 120 sometimes. Oh, yeah. So you've got to be careful with that because if you're messing with a 480 system and uh, you go, okay, my control voltage is 24, no, it might be 120 on that situ- situation <laughs> there. 
Yeah, it's always good to yeah. double check and stuff like that. Um, so how are the how are the classes going? Do you get a lot of these kids that come in, you know, willing to to take all it in, or do you ever have any issues with any of the kids? Because so I, I went I went through school and I kind of know a little bit. <laughs> so ever so we're not generally a general trade school. So I can't say we are HVSA, HVSA trade school here in Chesterfield. We are, we're, we're, we use the, the school systems, buildings and lab. Um, okay. So we generally open to the public, general public. To, like if Harry homeowner wants to come take a class, Harry homeowner can come take that class. That's nice and fine and dandy, but we have, I have seven H companies that guarantee me all their employees for training so we have a lot of companies that say we're going to fill you up and they fill me up every semester with their employees um for that reason so and every every once in a while i'll have the one guy who is just there to be a total jerk and a pain in the butt and or i'll have the one guy who's a know-it-all we always and you know <laughs> and i sit there i talk to these guys like they're technicians okay I've got no problem talking to them like we're in the field working together. Michael can attest to you on that. We, uh, we talk like we're talking to each other. We cuss at each other. We give each other jokes. We mess with each other. But uh, it's all part of the camaraderie of being a teacher and being in the trade and showing these guys this is how things work. Um, I had one guy who missed a bunch of class, and he, I kicked – after, after seven nights, after four nights, he's supposed to be gone. Well, we were offside a couple of nights and everything else. So when we came back to school, I filled out paperwork and turned him in. And he walked into the class. I said, dude, you're gone. He's like, what do you mean? I said, dude, you're on night number eight now. You've missed so much class. There's no way in hell you're going to make this up. I said, so you've already been turned in. You're out of the class. There's the door. Have a nice day. Well, are you paid to take my CFC? I'm like, well, go get a refund because you're not taking it. Well, he complained. He complained to my boss. My boss said, "Let him take the CFC." I said, "Fine." He paid. He paid five hundred dollars to take a program that he mm -hmm. failed, and he paid fifty dollars to take CFC, <clears throat> which he blatantly didn't pass at all. Uh, he came nowhere near passing, and all he wants to do now is go cut hair. Now, the thing is, he told the, the office that he lost my number and he had no way to get a hold of me. Well, I am very familiar with a, a lot of the HVAC companies in the industry in my area. So when you, you have, I have this reputation. They know who I am because I've been teaching for so long. I've been in the trade for so long. My nickname is Porkchop. A lot of guys know me. One of the guys he was working, a company he was working for, the co-owner has known me for over 20 years. So it's not like he couldn't go, hey, Eric, I need – you know jimmy's phone number because i got a new phone i don't have his number or he could have emailed the school or he could have called the school there's you know there's excuse after excuse after excuse for this guy and it's just like come on so yes we we have those problem children every once in a while we have the guys who think they know it all then learn that they don't know it all and then i have the guys who sit there and soak up every bit of knowledge they possibly can within our within the class and you know and take it in um it's just I do what I can, you know, uh, yeah. to make sure these guys know something. If they know, if then if, if I taught them one thing by the end of the semester, I've done my job. 
if I've taught them a ton of things, um, then great. I'm even doing better. All right, Jen, have a good one. So, I mean, it's, we have a, we have it set for a reason and we try to make sure that these guys get a good education out of the program. They're paying $555 for me to teach them or for Kevin to teach them or for Trevor to teach them. And we do our best to make sure that they get the best education possible. And um, that five fifty, what does that cover, or how much? How long is that? So five fifty five covers. So it's first. All right. So I'll use Michael an example since he's in here. So this mm -hmm. will be his third semester this fall. And the back in the spring was second semester, and last fall was his first semester. So he's got spring. He went fall, spring, fall, fifteen weeks each semester. He's done. That's okay. it. He's got. Uh, he, so we are regulated up here. I don't know how y'all how y'all regulated with a master's and certain contractors license, but we have DPOR here, Department of uh, Occupational Regulations, whatever it is. Um, so they regulate us. We have to have 240 hours classroom and four years in the field documented by the HVAC company, not a maintenance contract company. So you have to be a physical HVAC company with the four years and 240 to sit take your journeyman's exam. Every year you're in the field longer reduces your mm -hmm. hours requirements for taking your journeyman's exam. Okay. Um, then after 10 years, you can go straight for your master's. So if I got my journeyman's after four years, I hold it for a year, then I can sit for my master's and have my master's at being in the trade for five years. That can happen. Okay. I've been doing this for 20, 25 years. Um, ironically, I should have done this. 15 years ago, but I'm finally sitting for my master's because I now have the retention and knowledge of everything I need to know about uh, the HVAC industry. There you go. Michael put it up. Department of Professional and Occupational Regulation. I knew it was something like that. So, <laughs> it, so I basically, well, I can now sit for my master's because I also was a mechanical plumbing inspector for a local jurisdiction here for four years. And I took those exams. I knew how to read the code book. So that has helped me a lot in this industry, knowing the codes uh, with things. And that's one thing I just, I teach the guys this code. And I will say this, you're in Texas. I'm in Virginia. There's people mm -hmm. in Alabama, all over the country here. I know there's places that do this. I don't agree with it. It is code, but you cannot take a condensate drain line from an air handler and dump it into a vent stack for a plumbing system. Oh. Plumbing code, <laughs> internet, international plumbing code, residential will not allow that because what happens is, yeah, you're running that trap in the AC mode and you're dumping kind of state in there. But what happens when that trap dries up and you're tied into that vent stack? The trap dries up, your vent stacks there. Where your sewer gas is going up at the vent stack, but your air handler comes on the heat mode. It pulls that negative pressure across that trap. There's no water in it to stop the basically this sewer gases, and it pulls it right into the house. Yeah. And people wonder why. Why can't you do that? <laughs> well, that's why. So if you ever have, I know people in Texas do it. I know people in Bama do it. I know people in other states do that. So if you ever have a customer who complains, I mean, I smell sewer gases. Like it smells like a sewer in my house in the wintertime. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, but the the five fifty <laughs> is that per is that per semester or what is that for? 
that's per semester. So when you sign up for first year, okay. you get you get the five fifty five and you get the first year book. Second year you sign up, you get a book, and third year you sign up and you don't get a book. So basically what it is, we took all three semesters, the cost of the semesters, the cost of the books, added it all together and just divided it evenly across all three semesters. So each semester is the same across the board versus having a high price for first year, a mid price for second year, a low price for third year. It's all the same. You'll be paying the same price, but we just decided to make it evenly a five fifty five across the board to make it more cost effective. Um, that's very cost effective. I, I took the basically the college route because my it was a community college that kind of went full college. I don't know. They made a change when I went, but they offered uh, an HVAC uh, like to major in HVAC, basically. And I went to this tech, what they call the technology campus. And that's where they have the welders, the HVAC guys, the uh, auto mechanics, you know, all the trades go there. I think even the yep. nurses have a building ne next door and stuff like that. So I was at that campus and that's where I got to do everything. And so it was kind of cool that we had our own, you know, warehouse area that we got to do all that stuff in, but it was not as affordable as five fifty a semester. I can tell you that, but uh, <laughs> it was, it was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't a rip off. It wasn't like these uh, trade schools that, you know, get you in debt and stuff like that. So that's good to know. I, I, that's very affordable. Yeah, so we so we don't just offer HVAC. We offer plumbing. We offer electrical. They have culinary arts. They have cosmetology. They have dental assisting. They have medical assisting. They have phlebotomy. They have GED. They they have uh, we have a building trades class which teaches you kind of a general broad thing of everything for like if you want to be a maintenance person. Um, so we we do more than just HVAC at night. So we have all these okay. programs that come, get, work together. Um, excuse me. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things like I, one of my guys, uh, Trevor, he went through another school, which cost him $18,000 to take that program with them. Um, Man. and he's now teaching for me first year and we work together. Um, he saw my program and how it works. He goes, you teach more in your first and second year that I learned at the other place for $18,000. He goes, I Damn. wish I knew about this back then. And that's one of those things like, you know, people, there, there's several of them out there that I'm not going to say their names, but there's, there's yeah. good HVAC schools and there's bad. And I tell people, look at your local school system first. See if they have a day school program, see if the day school offers a night adult education program or the next county over. See if someone offers it first because that money you're spending for that county program goes back into the county, goes back into the program versus going to these big college and these big schools and spending $18,000 and you're not getting that good of a, a degree or education in it. Um, no, they're, they're just trying to take your money, honestly. Yeah. And the, the and it's just, it's, and I feel bad for guys, you know, I feel bad for guys that go to that stuff. Um, also I do other things for my students as well. So end of the year I do a pizza party. I pay for that out of pocket because you know, they're paying, they're paying my salary basically. So my our programs are self-sufficient on the number of students. If I don't have 10 students, I can't run the program. If I have 20 students, I get a budget for buying stuff for school and I can run the program and it pays me. Um, so I'll be for thanking them for coming. I buy the pizza party at the end of the year. Um, and then we also cool. go to carrier, uh, carrier supply house, the local one to me. We do a tool night there 
every semester. The guys go in there. They can buy all the tools they want at 10% above cost. So it's hmm. really it's really great um, with the thing I have with Carrier. I've been doing that with Carrier for um, 10 years with them, and it's been awesome. They supply food for us. The guys come in there. And one semester, we spent $11,000 in tools uh, in their supply house for stuff. And that was the oh, biggest one awesome. night we had. It, and, and they're take with the, here's the, here's the cool thing. Carrier loves the program and how much I have it set up. They're actually taking it to all the CEs that are in our area up the East Coast and stuff and other parts of the state and getting with their local tech schools and doing the same thing to bring the guys into their supply house to buy the tools at that discounted price. You know, you can't beat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, this, okay, so you said you, you share this uh, building, but who, whose school is this in particular, like the one that you teach at or the one that you teach for? So, so it's Chesterfield County Public Schools. And we teach out of the Courthouse Road Tech Center. So we have a Courthouse Road Tech Center and a Whole Street Tech Center. So the courthouse is the original tech center. So it's basically like during the day, like if a kid wants to take automotive, he can go there and take automotive, auto body, culinary arts, Cosmo, dental, computer, uh, computers. Uh, what else do they have there? Vet assistant, medical assistant, HVAC, plumbing, electrical. Uh, actually, we just, we just lost the plumbing this year. So that's a, that's a sad sign. Uh, coding medical coding uh you think of something like a skill like a nursing you think of stuff mm -hmm. that is blue collar basically i call it trades yeah or medical assisting something like that dental assisting they have that there they have all that during the day so we use their building at night and we have oh okay we have about half of the programs they teach in a day that we teach at night as well um oh that's awesome so we, we try to keep up with things. I mean, they have a, a huge GED program. They've got an ESL program. Um, and it's just so big that we are more than spaced out than just one building. They use five of the building, five of the school locations throughout the county for all these programs. Nice. Um, somebody had asked about the, the CFC, I think you called it. Is that, or what is that in particular? Because they were asking, is that multiple choice? And then they, they brought up something else. I was trying to look for the comment yeah. right now. Um, there was some. The is that? Or do you do you guys have a state license test? So we have we have a master's exam. Master's, um, okay. So, yeah. So I so right now I could take my Germans and have my Germans for a year, or I could take my masters and have that for five years, and then whatever, um, renew it every five years. So. In order to open a company up here in Virginia, you have to have an HVAC master's mm -hmm. and then you have to have a business license. So before, if I just say, all right, well, I'm going for a master's. I want to open Jimmy's Heating and Air Conditioning here in Midlothian. I hope I have the clientele, but I don't. But I'd have to have an HVAC master's. I had to pass that exam. Then I have to apply for a business license, get all that get the business license, workers comp, insurance, create yeah. an LLC to do, to do all this stuff. Um, and I've, I've been a co-owner of a company helping somebody out as a silent partner, and mm -hmm. I don't want that headache ever again. <laughs> um, so no, but no, and, and in order for me to say, okay, I have my masters in HVAC that basically says, okay, 
he has his masters. He's worth some money. I could say basically say, okay, I want this much money to work here or wherever I want. If I want to go somewhere else and work there, I say I have my masters. Um, a lot of people are going for the Nate certifications. I'm oh, yeah. not a big Nate. I'm not a big Nate person. I taught a Nate program at the school. We taught it for about a year and a half, and it just was not. It wasn't worth it. We taught it for three, three, four semesters, um, and just it just was not something that was really biting. It just it wasn't a good program, and it wasn't a good class, and I just did not like it. The guys weren't yeah. getting anything out of it. it it's so kind of we weird. Scrapped, I, I I got my like I I. I planned to, I had planned to get it after school and stuff. Cause I, you know, I was trying to get everything, you know, I got all my EPAs, uh, universal, all the like 410 PM, all the extra ones that they had. Yeah. Uh, and then I was trying to get my, my license. I got my, my state license too, but I was going for that Nate as well. But then I, I just kind of lost interest. I didn't see the point in it. It's just one of those extra, like, I guess, badges that you can have, but it's, it's yeah. not really, not really necessary. So I kind of scrapped it. Yeah, it, it, Nate, Nate was not a thing. And I can tell you now, um, one of the guys who created the Nate exams was here in Richmond, Virginia. And I know him personally. And we talk, talked about it. He said, Jimmy, it's just something we're trying to create and build up to be like the automotive industry where they have their ASC mechanics. You could be a Nate technician and basically go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country and ha have that certification because you know it. it's a national certification. Like, yeah, yeah that's not really going to work too well, Jack. But, you know, but Jack's, Jack's <laughs> a really cool guy. He's a smart he's a smart man. So uh, everything HVASR says, Jimmy seems like a smart dude. Where can I find him? So you can find me in several places. Um, Facebook is Jimmy Hesbach. Uh, HVAC Army on Facebook. I'm in there all the time. TikTok and YouTube is HVAC underscore teacher. And, of course, Instagram is HVAC underscore teacher 23114. Uh, it wouldn't let me just do the teacher without any extra numbers, which I was not happy about. <laughs> so I put, I put my zip code in there. <laughs> yeah, I, so I basically found you on TikTok, and you're part of that whole HVAC Army group. Do you want to go over that a little bit? Because you guys do a lot Wait. of good for, like, the young techs and people that need uh, either tech we support or – and giveaways, you know, you guys help a lot over there on the on the TikTok side. Yeah, so Jared started the HVAC Army, um, and then uh, he did a giveaway of a uh, oscillating tool, um, and then he got Troy involved, and then he got Michael, which we call Wojo, Lezak. Oh yeah, um, they got involved. Sam, she's an oil tech. So Michael uh, Wojo, he's commercial equipment and refrigeration. Uh, Troy, of course, everyone knows Troy, 10 man duck work. Yes. He's now working with, he's now working with Jared actually. Yeah. Um, I just talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. So they're working together. Uh, Sam is up in Western mass, uh, working there. We got, uh, then they brought me in there. I'm in Virginia. We got Johnny cold. who's on the West coast, Trevor on the West coast. They both, uh, out there working uh we got valerie she was in the industry for years and then she actually left the industry is now a teacher at a program down by her so she oh that's right down yeah. there we have so then we got aiden who's in alabama um then we've got canon who's in alabama as well we've got adam in tennessee 
Um, and then we got Val and Jen, of course, and mm-hmm. Adriana up there. Adriana's in Mass as well, and of course Val and Jen. So when the second pa- the second giveaway Jared did was a veto bag with tools, and I said, "Hey man, I'd like to contribute to this." He was like, "Sure." So I sent him a ton of tools. I mean, I just bombarded him with a package of tools. He's like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> you know, I was yeah, sending Matt. him Navac stuff. I was. I kept him, seeing those uh, videos. Client stuff. So when he did that, you know, giveaway, it was great. And then came the pack out giveaway. Uh, and I tried to keep it quiet that I sent the entire pack out boxes up there, but it got out that I sent them. So whoop de do. People are like, "What?" He so I donated a lot of the stuff for the pack out giveaway. Uh, we got we and we ran it for a year. The guys had videos to make and they had to follow certain rules and basically here's the way we want you to videos here's how you submit them and the more you submit the more the merrier and uh as soon as we announced it adam was the very first one who made videos and we just okay. like all right y'all the last month like come on bring them up bring them up bring them up and they started producing more and more videos so everyone uh we've we got together i've downloaded i put all the videos in a file sent tagged everyone in the file that was privately on my personal page only everyone went through all, all 68 70 videos that we had and we picked we picked the winners and that's how we did that so um but yeah we've got another giveaway coming um i'm not sure if you heard of mueller streamline yeah well i've i've okay. heard of them because of jared yeah so jared got with brian mueller um and Brian, they're giving the HVAC Army a M18 tool with all the ACR fittings to go okay. with it. They're going to give the fitting, the tool with the press tool, the press dolls and fittings. We're going to do a giveaway for it. Mueller is going to physically direct ship it to whoever wins and come out mm-hmm. there. And train the and train them on how to use it. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I've seen so, him do do that uh, whole press press thing. I I got into it recently too. And those are those are not those are not cheap. So that's a good giveaway. No, it's not cheap. I bought a Milwaukee M18 press tool and it cost me uh, four thousand dollars. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big investment, but it's really cool to use. Yeah, we use it. We use it for the plumbing side of it, of what we do. We do boilers and stuff, so I'll use it for boilers. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Then, of course, everyone have heard, you know, everyone's heard of NAVAC right now, uh, how yeah. up and coming they are with everything they're doing. I mean, they're blowing people out of the water with some of their tools. I just started buying you know, all their uh, power power tools. <laughs> Which one? I think, I think you've... Yeah, I think you've you've commented or something, but I have the uh, the flaring tool. I've already used it a few times uh, to to flare in. Yes. I don't do mini I don't do mini splits, but I every now and then when I gotta change out a dryer, I l- mm-hmm. like let's say I'm doing something in the evaporators, a simple, you know, repair. I gotta take out the charge for whatever reason, and I need to put in a dryer. Why do I have to take all my torches and all that up there to change out a dryer when I can take my flaring tool? put in a flare dryer and be done with it. Right. So that's what I got that yeah. for. And then how, I got, how do you like it? Oh, it's awesome. Like it makes a perfect flare every time. Uh, 
I had I had actually switched to flare dryers right before I got it. So I was I have the manual block, which like mm -hmm. it was never an issue for me because like I never like when I started, I did use it a lot um, for certain things, uh, certain connections. But like just after some time, we didn't really do any flare, any flares or anything like that. And I don't do mini split work. But like I said, now that I do the dryers and every now and then you run into these flare connections um it's nice to not have to like sit there and crank out you know flare each flare manually mm -hmm. and yeah. that thing that thing does it perfect every time it's like foolproof you, you at this point you can't beat it i mean i went from an old yellow jacket block to the um Hillmar block and then i thought the Hillmar block was great when it came out and then when i got when i saw the when i, when I first saw navac um i was at the thing and Lewis was the rep at the, at the tool night. He showed it to me and he had the, the kit that was the mini split kit. And I was like, you know what? We do a lot of mini splits and yeah. we sat there and I looked at it. I said, I want that mini split kit. So I bought it then and I used it on jobs. I let my guys use it. One of the guys fell in love with it. He went out and bought just the flare kit. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so then I, so I knew about the, the, batter, the, the power swedge, but that had, was I, delayed coming out. I just got that one when yeah. I first got it. So I bought the regular swedge, the hand swedge one, the 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 hand press one, the hydraulic um, one. I bought the the hydraulic one. I bought that and the expander pack with it. Um, I even have the little orange handled small one you can put in your tool bag that you can turn this manually hand swedge like this. Yeah. <laughs> I use that for I use that when I'm doing coil work or something like that because I have to cut the ends of the coils and you cut it off, you ream it, and then you got to kind of open it back up a little bit. Um, so I bought the hand swedge and then I bought the power swedge. I gave the hand swedge to my installer. He loves it. My power swedge video has got like 130 some odd thousand views on TikTok oh, really? on it. Yeah. It's one of the, it's, it's like one of the top ones I haven't pinned. Um, and then of <laughs> course went to the, went to the expo, um, and found out my, my contact Lewis was no longer with Navac. I was sad. I found out on my drive down, but he had, he had told them he, told andrew and them about me and uh i got to talking with andrew at the at the expo uh a while ago andrew emailed sh shot me an email said hey we want you to start doing promoting this stuff this that and the other uh, oh okay what what tool do you have what tools do you have i told him what i had he's like all right i'll send you the the tubing benders with the reverse kit so he sent me their tubing benders uh i love them i've used i got a couple of <laughs> videos of me using them up uh they're great. I had my class the first night I got them. I had my class out there. We were just bending copper left and right, having fun with them. But none of them wanted oh, to be viewed awesome. playing with them because they're like, but yeah, we were playing with the tubing benders, having fun with that in class. I've used them on jobs. I've given them the guys to use on jobs. Okay. Yeah. They're great. They, they, and everything. Yeah. I, I just it. recently got the, uh, the power, the power, the swager one to make, you know, my couplings and all that. Mm -hmm. Cause I've never been a guy to buy couplings. I always make them on my own. So I used to have even that block, the flaring block with the swage block, I, the I always crank, mm -hmm. crank them out. And then, uh, I upgraded to like the, the spin bits to, uh, from the, you know, the ones you put in your drill. I yeah. used I used them uh, for a while. I, and I, then, I bought uh, them and tried them out and didn't yeah. like them. Well, they got, they got the job done when I, when I needed them. Um, they weren't oh, the yeah. easiest Don't get the job to done. use. Yeah. And then I got the uh, hydraulic one. I love that one. Um, mm -hmm. 
And then I just recently bought the battery-powered one because they had that promotion. So I can get my free gauges with them. Oh, yeah. And see, I got the uh, I got a set of the, the analog gauges just because I've always gone digital. I've been digital with Field Peace forever. When Field oh, Peace really? came out, I was one of the first. I've been, I bought the first Field Peace set of gauges in Richmond when they first came out. Uh, but with Navac, I was like, you know what? I need to have a set of second gauges because sometimes I need a second set. So I bought the analog or gauges just to have them for backup. Yeah. You know, and they're sitting yeah. in the container in my, in my truck, but I love the ball valve versus the, the, the hand dials. Yeah. They're nice. I, I do like that. Um, so a that was going to be another, a lot of guys I work with bought them. So that was going to be another Not question so. I had was the, uh, the whole analog digital discussion that everybody has. Uh, how do you, how do you teach analog in your class or how do you go about that? We do teach the analog in the class to show them this is what you have to do. This is yeah. how you you formulate these numbers because some guys don't want to spend that three, four, six, seven hundred dollars on a set of digital gauges. Sure. Um, and then we'll bring out the digitals and show them stuff. Now I've got we've got Yellow Jacket sending me a set of digital gauges for school. I've got they're sending me two. I've got one for day school and one coming for night school. I've got a set of testos, which I personally don't care for. I was going to say, I, I had the Testos and I turned around and sold them and got the field piece. <laughs> the, so the reason I don't like the Testos is because of the connection for the temperature probe. It's like a speaker connection. Field piece and Yellow Jacket and Hillmar all have the K-Couple tile. Everyone, if Hill, oh, Testo yeah. is the only one that has to have that speaker connection. So you have to, buy, if something goes bad, you have to buy theirs. You can't just buy anyone. Plus, it's just personal preference for me on that but no uh we do teach them the analog way we teach them the digital way we teach them both ways so they learn everything uh now you'll take this you'll love this um the first year guys when it comes to swedging and flaring we mm -hmm. make them go off the old yellow school flare blocks to teach them the old way and we make them the we give them the old little over bullet of the beat swedge they have uh... to beat and swedge and learn how to yeah yeah, they, they had us do like every which way, you know, when I went to school and uh, ult ultimately our, our uh, bless you, uh, ultimately our, you know, the way we we're supposed to do it was with the block, but they showed us, you know, all the older ways to those spring um, benders and all that. Yeah. So we, we turn them the old school way. We make them go through the pain of beating sweat and smacking <laughs> their hands with the Kleins, um, cussing and yell. We make them do that first. And then yeah. we show them, hey, here's the new school way that we've had to go through. You just went through. <laughs> now let's show you this stuff here. Um, I had one guy challenge me with the drill bit flare versus the Navac flare. Um, we did the two flares, and uh, he walked out with his head hung down low and went out and bought the Navac <laughs> flare. Yeah, it, it's – it's. <laughs> It's a way to go. It's, you know, convenient. Um, and honestly, at this point in my career, I just want whatever is easier on my body and, you know, prevent the wear and tear. It, we, we've learned from our time in the trade. It might cost us more for a tool that makes our job a minute or two faster, but that minute yeah. or two faster saves us a lot of headache half the time. Yeah, and that's the thing that I get all the time. It's like, oh, like how how much faster, how much easier can it be? I'm like, I don't care. Like if it 
if it's less frustrations, if it's less, you know, getting my arm tired or being in the sun or whatever it is that it helps with, that goes a long way, you know, when you're going from call to call um, and you're out there all day. So I, I used to do a lot of the, a lot of things, you know, I never had a drill when I started. Um, I didn't, I, I did everything by screwdrivers. I had nut drivers, you know, I never drilled out anything. And I was like that for a while. And I'm like, you know what, let me just give in and, and get all the power tools. And, you know, uh, as, as I go, I, I, yeah. I that's a, one of the things that I like to do is just make my job easier. So it doesn't feel like uh, a job, you know, most of the time, it's just, you know, out there, just getting stuff done, fixing things here and there and move on to the next one. Yeah, we have, so we have a complex we do work at and they've got four mini split heads on one outdoor unit. So depends on how it was installed, whether there's two branch boxes in the closet or all four lines go outside. However, one of the ones it had two branch boxes installed in the closet. And I went out there and I just said, all right, I've got leaks in the branch box compartment. So, um, they sent one of the guys out there. I quoted it for doing repairs and charging the system up. He refixed 18 leaks in that compartment. And he did it in half the time I put down because he used the, the Navac flare tool versus using the old school flare. That's what it's about. Yeah. The, the time you save with, with like a lot of the Navac stuff, right? The battery powered stuff. And, I, just like everybody else, I was very hesitant on the whole press uh, fittings for a refrigerant. Now I have yeah. I follow I follow a lot of guys that do it. Like Jared is one on TikTok. There's a ton of guys on Instagram that prefer to use it over brazing, uh, regardless, right? That's they're doing all these installs and they're knocking them out using press tools. I've seen yeah. enough. I've seen enough to to have confidence in it, and I can reach out to these guys too. And just be like, hey, what's your experience on them? You know, do they leak or, or, you know, stuff like that. Like, so that when I get to it, I'm pretty confident in it. But then I still get people that are like, oh, that's cheating or that's the easy way out. It's going to leak regardless and this and that. So, you know, to each their own. It just, it saved me. It saves me time. And I I will say this. I was a skeptical. I said, oh, anybody can pro press. Anybody can do that. You know, then here I am, you know five, six years after they came out, whatever it was, um, I went out and bought a pro press just for, cause I had to do a boiler job and I was not brazing inch and a quarter copper up against this lady's pegboard that she just painted white. And I yeah, was like, man, yeah, it, I'm going to go pro, I'm, I'm going to go pro press on this. And it made the job look beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It made the job look beautiful, but you know, there are guys coming up in this trade that that's all they've done is press fittings. They haven't, well, yeah. you know, they may go to school and, and learn that how to braise or, or sweat and stuff. But I feel that these guys should, you know, be in the trade for a year at least or something like that before they start doing the press fittings. Uh, you know, like I said, anyone can press as long as you know how to press. It's pretty easy to do and does save time. It does save time and time is money. The fittings do cost more. Um, but, but yeah. I'm a firm believer of learn the old school way first. You have more appreciation for the way that it's come out now. And if all you're doing is pressing, 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 yeah, it's a, it, it makes it look pretty and easy, but it's just also not an educational way. You don't have that, uh, that knowledge of how to do it. And a lot of the old school guys will tell these young plumbers that 
that's all they're doing is pressing. Y'all, you're not a plumber. I could get a Demi Jack off the street to do plumbing or press fitting stuff. And they, they kind of got a point at some point. It doesn't take a rocket science to install the pipe and press a fitting on there. But it does take yeah. some, some brain knowledge to learn how to sweat and, and everything else and brace and do that job like, it's, like it was originally meant to be. And, uh, and, you know, it's just times have progressed where our industry is coming, catching up, and these young guys are sur- surpassing a lot of the older guys on certain things. Don't get me wrong. I've been doing it for 25 years. If one of these guys comes in behind me and comes in and is able to diagnose a unit quicker than I can because they have that computer knowledge, because my generation grew up with the internet being born, as where their generation grew up with the internet already being there, you know, and it's been progressing and progressing with them, then so be it. I'll learn something. I've got no problem with that. You know, it, we're, we're all here to help each other out. You know more refrigeration. I'm just still learning refrigeration because the company I work for does it. I'm still learning how to work on it. I don't yeah, matter. Me. I mean, we. I mean, it go. It goes both ways. You can't press everything. We've had tons of, of leaks. Yeah. I mean, you better know how to braze. You know to fix those leaks. Uh, aluminum is another big thing. Um, you know, stainless steel. Like, there's a bunch of different ways that you need to learn how to solder and braze, for refrigeration. HVAC, you know, whatever it may be. And you can't throw a bunch of press fittings together. Um, I try to use them very, you know, only in certain spots that I needed to, or only if if I only need two, two joints to do. And I'm like, well, why am I going to bring the torches out? You know, I'll, I'll just press them in real quick. Stuff like that. You know, a lot yeah. of guys are not going to be going through like 10, 20 of these press fittings on a single job site. At that point, you should probably be brazing and, and running your own copper lines um basically so you know there's 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 different sides to it and um to your point you know there should be or i'm glad that you guys are teaching you know every which way like you said with the old school ways of different things that's the way i was taught you know they're like let let's make you suffer and then you can learn or we'll show (laughs) you the easy way and then you can you know have that at your disposable at your disposal you know once you graduate and all that so I, I do like that way. Yeah, we, we try to keep them keep them honest and humble at times. And it's the same thing with with the uh, the digital, right? Because you don't want them to be yeah. reliant on digital or probes or whatever it may be, because they, you know, you kind of you forget to push that button, right? Because it's happened to me. Forget to put uh, switch over your refrigerant or something, and then you're like, oh, it's it's right there. It's it's whatever this is. You know, it's it's what it says. You know, you, you need to know or get familiar with the different uh, saturation temperatures, know what those are. Also, when I get called for tech support, you know, with one of my guys or anybody that's or even my dad, because he doesn't really do this. And he's like, oh, let me just check real quick, make sure it's working or maybe it's low on charge or whatever. I don't want to know the pressure number. Right. I want to know the saturation number or the temperature of the, the evaporator or the condenser, whatever it may be. That's what I try and tell everybody. Look at the temperature. Don't look at the PSI number. That's another another thing too. Yeah. If you, if I, you tell me your saturation, you know, and tell me what your line temp is, I can tell you where you're at and how you're doing and, and everything else. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I can tell them, they go, they go, oh, I'm running this pressure. I say, okay, you're saturated. So that means your saturation is this temperature. You should be running this temperature line. They're like, how do you know this stuff? I'm like, dude, I've been doing it for 25 years. <laughs> you know, I got that beer gets- can cold in my 
brain here. I, you know, I just grab hold that line. Yeah. Know, we're, we're cold. You know, and they're like, huh? It, it gets easier. I mean, like once you, cause I was like, when I started, I, obviously I had to get experience, but the guy that I ran with was a residential guy. That's not what I was going to be doing. I'm doing commercial refrigeration. So I was, you know, working, working and going to school and then trying to get my license, you know, with this experience, I was running all over the place. And a lot of times I was doing, or I, once I got into the field with my dad, I was doing refrigeration on my own. Uh, the test, even my contractor's exam, you know, that's all bookworm stuff for the most yeah. part. So it's just codes and like technical stuff. I got that pretty easy once I had my experience because my school counted for a lot of it. And then I just needed a couple of years out in the field and, you know, bam, I got it. But once I actually started doing the work, um, experience is very different from what you learn in school. If especially the more that your school is just textbooks very different so a lot of the stuff i learned uh on the fly and uh you know i, I went through a lot with that so the good yeah. thing is like you said the retention part i had a lot of the stuff clicked once i got in the field so make sure that you're you're retaining what you can uh so some of my teachers would drill into uh, into us the whole saturation thing, right? Don't look at the number, look at the temperature. Um, there's a lot of stuff that they drilled into my head over and over and it clicked once I got into the field and I could do this and I could figure out all this stuff on my own. Cause man, those, those first few years, like I was really, really struggling, you know, trying to figure out all this different equipment. It's, it's very different from school. Oh yeah. So I will, so down to expo, this is, this is funny. I, I was I was I was in class in school that week as well. I was going to miss one night of class, so I was going to do a virtual that day. We got late on the bus getting back to the hotel, so I was doing class on the bus. And of course, the guys from the army were there with me, and they're popping their head in high, saying hi to everybody. Um, but we're back there, and I, we're talking about gas furnaces. Um, you know, we're all in my room and stuff. We're talking, and I said, "Yeah," I said, "Uh." One of the things about the gas furnace is a misconception people don't understand. They go, what do you mean? I said, okay, so you're converting a gas furnace from natural to propane. What do you change out? Oh, you change the orifice. I said, no, you don't. Yeah, you do. You change the orifice. I said, no, you're not changing the orifice. You're changing the spud, which contains the orifice. And they're like, spud? What's a spud? So I opened the book up, show them the book. They're really like, I never knew it was called that. That's always called it the orifice. I said, yeah. We in the field we call the spud the orifice because it's got the orifice in it, but textbook wise it's the spud. And it was it was funny to watch the guys just sit there and go, "Wow." I've I've had those moments too where I go back and look at something in my book or my notes, and I'm like, "Oh, that's you know something that like I knew it, but I didn't know it too technical or something like that." And uh, yeah, like like that's another thing when I talk to some guys which I try not to talk to some of the older guys around here anymore uh, because, you know, bad habits are hard to break. Uh, you know, they look at me funny, right? When I'm trying to talk like the stuff that I, le I learned in school or, or whatever, this and that, the way I like to do things, they're like, what's that? I've been doing it, you know, this way for so many years and nothing's ever happened. But, you know, I just, I do my own thing. I, I know what I learned in school. I know what I learned on the job in my experience. And I kind of just, try to do things the right way, but like, you know, just 
go in my own direction and, and do what I know. Um, yeah. Even yeah, Michael, even Michael here was like to even know what superheat and subcooling is. That's another thing. Nobody ever checked that when I went into the field with guys, you know, that's not something they checked uh, or even knew the difference of checking it at the evaporator versus checking it at the compressor, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, um, we, we all have different ways of doing things. You know, I tell people, you know, when they're in my class and stuff, there's a right way, there's a wrong way, and there's my way. Yeah. Now, half the time, half the time when I'm teaching you something, I'm teaching you the right way. I'm, tell, I'm not teaching you the wrong way, but I will teach you stuff that's my way that will, that it is you know, my way. It, there's some things that's my way that's the right way, but it does kind of go a little easier to do it than the right way does it. You know, I, I, the little tricks of something I've learned over the years say you can do it like this, but if you do this one little thing, it makes your life a little bit easier when you're doing that, you know, and people are like, oh, okay. And, you know, and every year you always have the one guy who challenged the teacher <laughs> for the know-it-all who says, oh, I can do that. All right, let's go challenge the teacher. And, you know, we, we, we pull the challenge out and 90% uh, of the time they fail, I think. Uh, I have only had one person stump me because it was something that I did not know. It was more refrigeration than HVAC related. I was like, well, you got me because it's something I don't know. But other than that, yeah. if it's HVAC related, you know, residential, like commercial stuff, they don't generally stump me very well. And it's, it's fun to watch them backpedal, but I mean, I enjoy teaching them. I enjoy doing this. You know, I was going to stop after I got 10 years, but like I said, we got some new guys teaching. They're enjoying it. Uh, there's been a new basically life given to me for wanting to stay teaching. Um, and I'm gonna continue teaching until the point of where I can't teach no more, or I'm too old school to the point where I need to get someone younger in to run the program. You know, I will, I'll stay as long as I possibly can before that happens. Yeah. And I had asked you about the kids earlier because I, like I went through it. So there were the, the people that slacked off. There were the people that thought they knew everything, the older guys, cause you know, there's all different ages in that, um, that class that I took and, you know, I've seen them, you know, some of them they've had, they had to kick them out for whatever reason. Yeah. And you, you have a bunch of different people, but if you, I don't know, like if you make it interesting, I know a lot of the kids probably, it, it's an interesting field to get into the whole HVAC trade. And that's what got me into it because my dad didn't do HVAC. He does uh, hot food, the cooking equipment. Mm -hmm. And I helped him with that, but I wasn't super into it. Like it was cool and all, and you know, it's a little dirtier than uh, some of the HVAC stuff that I work on. So I wasn't super into it, but once I started seeing like re specifically refrigeration, man, that, that stuff really intrigued me. So I work on like ice machines, ice cream machines, you know, the soft serve ones. Uh, we're, we're yeah. doing like gas, gas stations now. So like, they want us to check their slushy machine, you know, the soda stuff, the walk-in boxes. We do hospital work. You know, the variety is what what gets me and what keeps me like in the trade. Oh yeah, it's never the same. It's you can you can run a service call uh, ten calls a day for five days a week, and you might run two of the same service calls, or two you might run ten service calls the same, but it's five ten different problems with the whole yeah. situation. It's just, it's, it, the trade will keep, 
your brain going, guessing, thinking the whole nine yards. And that's what I love about it. It makes me, you know, I have ADHD and it makes me think and use my brain. And I love playing with sheet metal. I love that playing with my hands and I'll have cuts all over my hands from playing with it. But then again, I love doing what I do. It's, it's a fun trade. It's the hardest of the trades, but it's a fun trade. Yeah. You have to know a lot to do this trade. You know, there's, there's a lot of responsibility also on our part uh, with the stuff that we work on. And uh, like, I think we all have that whole ADHD thing. I think that everybody in the trade just has that, you know, they can't sit still. Um, I couldn't be at an, at an office job. I couldn't be at a desk all day. Um, I love traveling different places, different buildings, seeing different problems. So yeah. I know I know I got a lot of like younger guys in here or people that are looking to get into the trade. I always encourage them to at least look into it. And like you said earlier, um, if there is a school that you're interested in, you can go and look at that school and get a tour or something, get more information because you, you know, that's where you're spending your money. You want to watch where you're spending, spending that money, um, interview these schools, so to speak, and, and check them out. Make sure that, like I always tell people, make sure there's, hands-on you know you get to learn the ins and outs a little bit it's nothing like out in the field but at least it prepares you a little bit better than than just textbook and uh oh yeah and like like i tell people it, it's just one of those jobs that like it's always interesting it's always fun you have those rough days those hard days you know uh some piece of equipment might kind of kick you around and you know give you a hard time but once you fix that equipment once you get that going, once you get the cooling going, you got that freezer going, whatever it is, that's the best feeling in the world, you know, conquering that. Yeah. So I learned, I didn't know anything about refrigeration when I got here. So one of the things yeah. they did, they taught me was they took me out. Um, one of our company does, we sell and lease ice machines and we have a property that's got 18 ice machines on it. So we, what they sent me out there with one of the guys and taught me how to clean ice machines. Uh, and every time there's ice machine cleaning coming up, they sent me out there to learn it. And uh, I can clean the ice machine like no tomorrow. I mean, my, my, my dispatch like, well, I don't have to worry about ice machines not being clean because I know how anal you are and how particular you are. So you'll get it <laughs> no problem. So because she knows how particular I am with things, especially when it comes to residential maintenance. She's uh, she loves it when I run residential maintenance calls. But um, but you you kind of need to be, especially with ice machines and then like uh, the whole AC side of things, like, like those, those things get they get moldy. They get, you know, all so oh, yeah. nasty. And uh, so I go with clean ice machines and then uh, we got a couple of restaurants that sent me on one for a service call for a walk-in beer cooler. And I'm like, I, I was like, Doug, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with this thing. He's like, just add this much refrigerant. It's just like, you know, it's just like a refrigerant HVAC system. I'm like, Doug, I'm looking for 60 PSI minimum on an HVAC system. That's not going to work on this. He's like, no, you're looking more or less for this PSI. I'm like, okay. That's what I need to know. I need to know refrigeration runs lower pressures than the regular 22 residential AC unit. I don't know these things. So he's like, it's got a receiver. It's got this. You can put this much into it extra. Put this much gas in it, and you should be good to go. Wait till it gets down, starts to drop temperature, and you should be get out of there. I mean, so I was working <laughs> on refrigeration stuff through the phone with my boss, trying to figure out how to do some things. But, I mean, other than that, ice machines, I've, started, I've done a couple calls on ice machines. Uh, without any help, and I just would call the boss after I found out the problem, and he would confirm it over the phone. Um, refrigeration, I haven't done a lot of those calls. I'll do maintenance on them. I'll go clean 
blow coils out and clean the stuff up. But other than that, uh, I haven't had a lot of refrigeration calls because they have guys who are more skilled on it than me and get through it a lot quicker. And they'll send me on the residential or commercial calls. But hey, when we're slow, I'm still learning. 25 yeah. years in the trade, we still learn to this day. My boss never, he's been in the trade for 45 years, never touched a set of digital gauges in his life. <laughs> okay. He worked with me on a on a job and played with digital gauges and asked me how they worked. I hooked them up, showed him how they worked. And he goes, that's pretty damn neat. He goes, I like my analog <laughs> though, but that's neat. So, yeah, you know, it's just times have changed for people and, you know, us old school guys are learning the new stuff. The older guys that I call the senior techs, they're learning our stuff now that we're technically inclined on. And like I said, we've got the next generation. They're going to blow us by with the technically inclined stuff. So it's going to happen. It's just yeah. a matter of the dad saying the next 10 years, it's going to happen that way. Yeah. And the whole like, because uh, I, I like my analogs. I have analogs now as a backup. I have the uh, field piece S men's. I don't like to take them all the time because they're like a little bit big. Um, but the probes, the main thing with the probes is I can just have them in the tool bag, you know, and not have to go back to yeah. the van or anything like that. And I just have them on me at all times. So uh, that's yeah. that's the main reason I like those. You know, I've got the pro, I've got the field piece probes in school just to show the guys how to use them. And I tell them, said, look, if you're a maintenance tech. I highly recommend the pros to you just for maintenance because you're not having to carry gauges up on the roof. But yeah, it, it, every new tool that comes out, I find ways to use it and what yeah. part of the trade they should be used for. Yeah. Uh, Mario over here, who who felt faint before picking up ladders today? He's he's also from Texas, I believe. Man, we get like... I, we had we had get, gotten out of our heat wave and then it came back. Like we got another... Yeah, heat advisory. It's like one ten plus right now. Well, Mario, I wish I was there helping you, honestly. <laughs> but th I'm gonna lift this up. Let's see if I can lift this up a little bit. I'm gonna show you what I did, and you're gonna love this. So, see how my arms dangling down here? Uh -huh. Watch what happens right here and right here when I get a flex. See all the muscles pushed right here? Yeah. See this right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's caved in. That's where the uh -huh. muscle's supposed to go. Okay. It's supposed to go across that direction, but it's all bald right here. Yeah, I don't so think Mario was in stuck. here. Yeah, Mario wasn't in here earlier, I don't think. So uh, Jimmy yeah. had an incident with the ladder. You, you know, guys, be careful out there when you're getting on those ladders. That's, you know, we're going on high-ass roofs. So be careful. He had a ladder... Yeah that twisted over on your arm and ripped uh was it, it, it ripped, right? It, 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 hold on here. Um, so it, um, it was setting the ladder up and the wind blew it and it grabbed my, it lifted up a little bit and stuck my wrist between the two rungs, pulled my arm straight like this, pulled and twisted. When it did that, it popped the tendon at the elbow. So they're going to go back through on Friday morning, Friday morning. I find out tomorrow, uh, Thursday night, what time they're going to drill a hole yeah. through my bone pull the tendon back through the bone, put a little button on the backside, sew the tendon to the button, and then close me up. They said 30, 45 minutes for surgery. I'll be there longer in the pre-op and post-op than <laughs> I will be in surgery. Yeah, man, dang, that's that's crazy. Um, all from just a ladder that we use every day. A ladder. It, it's, 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 you know, and I will tell you guys this. Um, I'm a firm believer of 
taking care of your knees and your body and everything else. Yes. I'm 45. Yeah. I'm 300 plus pounds, but I'm very active. My doctor goes, other than the overweight, the little bit of high blood pressure and a little bit of pre-diabetic you are, he goes, your cholesterol is great. All your numbers look awesome. He goes, you technically number wise, you're healthy. You don't look it, but you are healthy. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm a big guy. It doesn't bother me. It is what it is, but I will tell you this, get your knee pads, protect your knees, because that is a big thing. If you guys can find you a chiropractor. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And I will get you a chiropractor that you can find that will help you out. Make you an appointment one once every once a month, once every five weeks, six weeks, whatever. Get to a chiropractor. Trust me, your back and body will love it. You don't realize some things when you're walking and everything. I know because I feel it all the time. These are my hips, left hip, right hip. My left hip is up and back. So it looks like that. Yeah. It's not squared up. Um, also, I know it's going to sound strange. And you're going to be like, what the hell? Go get you a massage once a month. Go see a professional that does massages for a living. Go get your massage. You'll be surprised on how much better you feel after you walk at the massage for at least two, three weeks. I'll tell you, between the chiropractor and the massage, chiropractor once a month and massage once a month, I feel great. I do the chiropractor probably within the first two weeks, the massage the last two weeks. So it, it kind of mm -hmm. keeps my body free and moving. Dude, I don't hurt as bad as I used to because of it. I haven't seen a chiropractor for 10 years. I added massage in about three months ago. I tell you what, my legs don't hurt as bad. My shoulders don't hurt as bad. My back don't hurt as bad. Do it. I know it sounds bad. Yeah. It sounds weird, but get you a chiropractor and massage there. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard that from other guys too. Um, even Ben... HVAC Tactical has talked about the chiropractor and the important importance yeah. of that and your body, right? Um, you know, I don't I don't go that far into it, but I've I've looked into it. Um, but I just try to take care of my body too, right? You got to be, you know, you yeah. got to take care of yourself. Like you said, knee pads or or whatever you can. I try to make everything easier as far as like the torches, whatever I have, like make it easy. I use carts a lot too. you know, try not to carry everything. And, um, yeah, like Mario here says, take half purpose. the truck, take half the truck to the, the roof, roof is a bit tough at 62. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my next purchase is one of those little cart things you pull, like you have the beach is to get one of those. That's my next purchase. When I come back to work is cause I got compressors, you know, you can do a compressor list, everything I take with you. You got to make two trips with the dolly, put it all in the cart and roll it over at once. Boom, done. Yeah, I got a couple different carts for one for compressors. It's like a flatbed type of cart. And then I have another one that's like two shelves. That way I can take, you know, my recovery, vacuum pump, you know, everything I'm going to do when I'm brazing in one trip. I'm not going back yeah. to the van for anything. I'm not lifting anything. It's just like I feel like every year, you know, that that stuff just gets heavier and heavier. And I don't want to lift it anymore. I just want to, <laughs> I want to roll it out and do the job and get out, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's, we, we <laughs> get older every year and we get wiser on how to make our job a lot easier every year. That, that's it. That I was going to say, we get older and we get wiser. That's perfect. Yep. Uh, all right, man. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, any, any last words, you know, where they can find you? I, I know you went over it, but 
in case you want to go over that again before we dip out. Uh, yeah. So and you can find me always on TikTok at HVAC underscore teacher. Um, you, my, I have a YouTube channel, the same name, but that just posts. Some, I usually take my lives from my, my TikTok and post it on my YouTube. When I do a live. I just basically download and post it there. Um, oh, okay. Instagram, it's HVAC underscore teacher 23114. Uh, you can find me in HVAC Army, which is the best place to get me because I'm always making sure things are taken care of on the Facebook page. Um, you'll see me pop up in there. Uh, you'll, you'll know it's me because I'll have the little gray blob with a pig in the middle of it. If you see that icon, that is me. I'm the only one with that icon and the only one with the little pig on, uh, who's proud of their pig icon. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I love those drawings that, that they did for you guys. Yeah, Troy's an amazing artist with all that stuff. All right, man. Well, I appreciate uh, you coming on. I love everything that you're doing with the whole um, classroom stuff, you know, teaching these kids, the next generation, all that stuff. And then on the social media, you know, being available, being helpful. HVAC Army has been great for oh, yeah. the, the TikTok people, the Facebook people, wherever they, they find them at. And, uh, you know, keep doing that. And like I said, I appreciate you for coming on the show. Yeah. And, it, you know, anyone can always reach out to any of us on the Army, me especially right now because I'm not working. I got people calling me up, say, hey, can you <laughs> help me out? So I, when I see them calling me now, I go, tech support, how can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> so I know where they're called. So, yeah, but, you know, we're, we'll mentor anybody and help them out and, you know, get them to do things and everything. I know one – I'll forget whose podcast it was but someone asked about you know they're living here and they're looking for a job i said hey hit me on hvac army on the facebook page let's talk i talked to him i was able to help that guy find someone from the army in his area to help him try to get a job out of school in the trade man that's awesome so yeah follow hvac teacher hvac army on tiktok and uh all right i uh, appreciate you for, for coming on and I'll see you all. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you. No problem. Maybe we'll do it again soon. Not a problem. You know where to find me. Yeah. All right. See you, man. I'm going to cue the outro. All right.